Welcome to How to Rock the Stage Show, a show committed to equipping you to hone your media skills better to stand out from the crowd as a go-to expert in your field. Each week, Rich Montreger interviews top leaders, influencers, authors, speakers, podcasters, and media professionals about how to leverage media best to help you shine brighter on camera and stage as a go-to expert. Now, here's your host, The Trigger, Rich Montreger. Well, good evening. Welcome back to Rock the Stage. How to Rock the Stage, Wednesday night, every Wednesday night, live at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And in 2023, we've had changed some things up a little bit, as you're becoming more aware of. But we are now streaming live on multiple platforms to reach a greater audience to help share these amazing guests, these amazing insights we have each and every week on media skills, branding skills, communication skills, so you can elevate you and your brand. As you join us tonight, feel free to drop into the chat, say hello, where are you from? Also, as the conversation goes on tonight, we would love to have you drop in questions and we will fill those questions with our amazing guest. Also, as we are doing this on multiple channels now, watch for replays, runs on How to Rock the Stage Media. HowTheRockTheStageMedia.com is where you will find those shows and on other outlets as we continue to expand the media content that we're bringing here for you each and every week. Tonight, you guys are in for a treat. I have a guest I've got to know, and uh, we have a good time talking. So you're going to probably hear some inside stories, laughs, giggles. That's cool. But tonight, it's going to be about storytelling and why storytelling can help you sell more and even have fun doing it. That's, that's part of the cool part of this. You actually get to have fun while selling. Tonight, Tom Ruich is my guest. He's a consultant. He is a content marketing expert and the founder of Story Power Marketing. Tom is a digital marketing pioneer who founded the email marketing software and service company MarketVolt in 2001. That goes back a couple of years now. Tom's used to believe this. He used to believe that marketing sales was a numbers game. Knock on as many doors, make enough cold calls you can, and you will make the sales. All he got out of that was a sore throat. That's, that, that's all he got out of that deal. Tom now realizes when you create and deliver story-powered content that reflects prospects, journeys, they all tune in. And they want to get hired. They want to make deals. They want to make sales. So tonight, we're going to talk about all that with Tom. Welcome to How to Rock the Stage tonight, Tom Ruich. Great to see you, Tom. Hey, hey, Rich. Thanks for having me. Really happy to be here. How is that throat theme, by the way? You know, since you've changed your paradigm, how 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 the vocal sports? <laughs> Well, it, 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 it's winter time right now, and uh, it's a little, little scratchy, but otherwise it's okay. And and uh, if it if it's scratchy, it's not because I'm cold calling until my throat gets sore. Uh, there was one other element of that story. I also had holes in the soles of my shoes. Literally, you know, I wore the same pair of shoes that I loved, and I was putting so many miles on those shoes, knocking on doors on every floor, cold calling till my throat was raw. And uh, I realized there was just a much better way to go about reaching out and connecting with prospects now you've been in this business for a long time 2001 you started with the email marketing but the world the landscape has radically changed what what are you some, some of your thoughts on this journey of where we are now versus where we are then and maybe where we're going now 
Yeah, you know, back in 2001, email marketing was really, really new. And one of the things that happened is we would sign clients for our software, create, deliver, track email marketing campaigns. And they'd say to us, hey, Tom, you know, uh, where do I buy a list? And what we would say to them is, no, no, we're not going to buy a list. We're going to help you build a list. And so we built an agency around the software. And one of the things that we really came to see is that so many businesses were laser focused on, give me a better tool, give me a fancier trick or a funnel or something like that. And when things didn't go well, they might change tools or they might insert a different funnel or they might even hire a different consultant, but they never were focusing on the stories, the content that they were putting out. And really the thing that I've I've learned over more than 20 years of doing this is that the primary thing that keeps people spinning their wheels in their marketing and sales is that their content is not relevant. Their content is not entertaining. Their content is not captivating. So that's why over the years I've begun to lean way into helping prospects discover the stories and discover how to captivate their prospects with entertaining content. So those creative stories we're going to talk a lot about tonight, but those mm -hmm. stories help generate the clicks, the client attack, uh, attraction model. They, they, they create the content you're going to generate, repurpose, repurpose. But why do many businesses maybe say, I don't have a brand story. I don't have anything to talk about, Tom. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of businesses start from the premise that, oh, I'm not creative. I don't have anything interesting. And they're operating from this mindset that it's all about them. They're they're told by too many so-called storytelling experts that, oh, it all begins with your legendary origin story. Well, the story of the garage where you invented the widget or the or the ditch that you crawled out of, uh, none of that is relevant to your prospects. Your story matters to them only to the extent that it reflects their story. So what we teach at Story Power is focus first on your prospect stories. Where are they? What are their problems? What's keeping them up at night? What's frustrating them? Where do they want to go? What are their dreams, their aspirations, their desires? And how can your product act or service act as a bridge to get them from that before to after? Those are the three elements that really go into constructing, assembling a powerful story. So you can get to that, that uh, uh, origin story later. Focus first on your prospect stories, stories, plural. We can talk more about that in a minute. Most people talk about find the pain point and then give them the yep. story, then give them that. So you really are talking about find that need before you're spilling with wasted information, unneeded information. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people, when you start talking about what's bothering your prospects, what are their problems, they they get a little resistant. They don't want to be labeled as a, um, you know, uh, um, needy. Uh, well, no, well, um, they don't want to be labeled as manipulative as as, you know, pressing the pain button. But here's the thing. If we're going to meet prospects where they are, if we're really going to empathize with them, which is critical, we have to understand what they're feeling. And oftentimes they're feeling frustrated or often they are stuck. But you can't just do all of that, you know, needle them on the problems and agitate the problems without on the other side revealing and envisioning the solution 
if if all you do is focus on all of the bad outcomes that come that can come, that is fear-based marketing, and that does get to be a little bit manipulative. But if you can combine the empathy where they are with the envisioning, and then you can show them how your product and service enables that journey to occur, now you've got a powerful story or series of stories that you can tell over and over and over again. Now I I've, I coach storytelling. You co- coach storytelling, and we we both have probably heard this is uh, it's too complex. I'm mm-hmm. I don't have a comedy bone in my body. I don't know how right. to weave the narrative. What do you tell people, and how do you have them turn that around into it's simple and it can be fun? Yeah, I mean you're right that I hear that all the time from people, and again, so many of the so-called experts out there are are telling you memorize this 10-step process or you have to understand all of the elements of the hero's journey or storytelling for business is all about like it's just like writing a screenplay forget all that it doesn't have to be so hard what i just shared with you is a three element framework empathize envision enable and that I call it the three free, the three E storytelling framework. And it can be that simple. You know, there's a, there's a great quote from a, a copywriter named Eugene Schwartz who said, copy is not written. Copy is assembled. And that is a really Ooh. profound and powerful idea. That's great news for all of you who think this is hard, who suffer from writer's block, who worry about what to do when you're faced with the blank screen. The idea is that if you can go about discovering the elements of the story, which is wrapped up in the three E's I just shared, and it's <laughs> right? very simple, then you have the building blocks that you need to assemble powerful stories. Now what we're talking about is systems and craft and repeatable processes, not creative magic and memorizing 10-step processes and uh, trying to keep track of 17 elements of the hero's journey and all this garbage. It can be much more simple. But the real work, the real effort goes into learning how to properly discover the stories. So as our uh, title for tonight talked about storytelling and sales. Yeah. Let's talk about that transition. I mean, most people will storytell, but it really doesn't seal the deal. It doesn't help the deal. Help us understand how to link those two stronger together. How do you use storytelling to literally get them to buy, purchase, sign on the dotted line? Sure. Well, first of all, when you use stories to promote yourself and to promote your business, your products, your services, People will remember you more. People will like you more. People will trust you more. No like trust. That's that's a key element. And if you succeed in doing what I described, empathize, envision, enable, effectively what you are doing is you are painting the picture for the client where that enable piece, you're not you're you're painting the picture of the outcomes and how you can provide the solution for them without even pitching you know it's all about being able 
to bring a prospect along without being the pitchy pest. And when you're entertaining them and when they are saying, wow, this guy gets me, this guy understands where I am and where I want to go, what they will do is they'll lean forward and they'll say, so how are we going to get there? They're giving you permission to tell you how your products and services enable their journey. And then they're just, they're already emotionally sold. And now you may be having a conversation about details, proof, what elements of your product and service make you better than the next guy over. But so I got to ask you, so, so yeah. I, 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 I just got to ask you, and I'm chomping at the yeah. bit. Part of the art of storytelling that I use, especially from the stage, is cliffhangers. Sure. With them hanging. Mm -hmm. Within the sales style you're talking about, there is that cliffhanger of having them wanting to come back, wanting to ask more, wanting to lean in. Yeah. Do you coach cliffhanger or do you use a different terminology or a different idea of leave enough that they're literally going to beg you for more? Well, no, I, I, I absolutely do uh, teach cliffhangers. Now, I, it's going to apply in different ways. So in my emails, I'll be uh, employing a narrative arc, a series of details and, uh, that encourage people to come to the next email. If I'm on a, a straight sales call, if I'm having a conversation, I'm going to weave in the elements of storytelling that I'm talking about. And I'm not going to leave them hanging for a half an hour if the vibe <laughs> is, oh, they're leaning in, they want to know. Um, so there are ways there are ways to do it, but you're, you're absolutely right. When you're on stage for 45 minutes or 60 minutes, you might tease something in, in the 10th minute and get back to it in the 30th minute. Same thing with an email. You might tease something that you then deliver in a, and reveal in a future email or at the bottom of a long single email. So you're absolutely right. Those are, those are elements and tricks that you can, that you can use in your, uh, in your marketing and your storytelling. Tom Ruich is with us tonight on How to Rock the Stage, probably sponsored by the National Speakers Association, the NSA. If you want to learn more about that, happy to tell you about that someday. Also, if you're watching with us tonight, streaming along on many of our channels, drop in a question in the chat. We will field it right here, and we would love to have you ask questions of Tom as we continue on with this conversation. So you mentioned that writer block thing. Mm -hmm. um, people sit in their office, they have their car sales, they have their product, they have their services, but they have no idea where to begin. What do you do to help them jog that, to get them going? Yeah, I mean, again, that 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 Eugene Schwartz quote is so important. We don't write copy, we assemble it. And yeah. the whole process that we teach is that you are sort of gathering, think of them as as journeys. So what what all of us sell are emotional journeys. It might be from uh, uncertainty to certainty. It might be from fear to confidence. It might be from feeling stuck and frustrated to feeling uh, zooming ahead and 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 feeling uh, invigorated and free. And so all of those become sort of the the hook or or almost the the story the underlying story and then what happens and what we teach is habits of noticing because everything that goes on around you a book you read an encounter you have with a prospect something you see in a movie or on a television show something in your own slice of life can be delivered as an anecdote 
anything that happens to you or that you encounter that you think, well, that's interesting or that's amusing or that was fun, you can share it. But if you've discovered the foundational story, it's not just some random anecdote. anecdote. It's a story that you can tie back to the fundamental idea. Those journeys that you have discovered as being relevant to your prospects become the the moral of the of the story or the the main point of you call it a parable if you will or a fable if you will and so every day something interesting or funny happens to me that i jot down and say i can turn that into an email there you go that yeah, yeah that's that's huge when connecting with the people uh, i coach and I'll, I'll also do the my own stage stuff I have go-to stories that I know will hit the mark every time. Now, regardless of what speech I'm giving, what presentation, I read the audience. And Mm -hmm. if I'm thinking, I had this one planned, but this is not the right story, I have Mm -hmm. other go-to talks, stories I can pull up in my brain and drop in seamlessly because I am collecting stories. I am collecting real events. Can you help break that down, help people understand how to do that, how to recall, how to have that ability to have an arsenal of stories that can work in almost any setting. Sure. And I'll, I'll do it both ways for how I just invented the story from the moment it happened to how I then pull it back in and reuse it. So uh, example, one of the things that I do and I work on with my clients is, you know, you're not going to get better at this unless you get in the arena and do it unless you write, unless you create content. So I could write a a boring blog post, blah, blah. It's very important that you write every day and da, 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 you know, so on and so forth. And that blog post has been written a million times over. And right now, AI machine learning robots are writing that thing a gazillion times over, probably better than the ones that humans had been writing. And it's boring and you'll never stand out if that's what you write. But the idea, that journey from I'm stuck to... I'm going is a fundamental idea. And I have that in my pocket because I've discovered the stories of my prospects. Then I go fishing with my son. He's a master fly fisherman. I enjoy fly fishing. We go fly fishing in Colorado. He catches 47 fish. I catch two. There's a story in that. And so I start writing it down and, and, as I'm writing it down, I recall a little conversation with him where I said, how did you do it? You know, how do you, how do you, how do you do this? And his response to me was, well, dad, I put my fly on the water. And what he meant by that is while I'm fiddling around and trying to figure out and thinking and reading a book or looking at the sky or trying, you know, he's out there putting his fly on the water. And it mm-hmm. was a great metaphor for the lesson, the parable that, I want to bring to my audience. And I wrote an email about that. And it was making the very same point that I otherwise would have made in a lecture, blah, 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 boring, nobody tunes in, but it was entertaining. People were asking me about my son. And I roll that story out sometimes when I'm on stage. If I know that this is an audience that might not be the, you know, implementation type, Mm-hmm. If if I want to make a point about implement, I might tell that story about my son who 
always has his fly on the water and how inspiring that is to me. There are other stories, but the, that, that's an important idea because what you were talking about with, with um, rolling it out on stage, we do hold these stories in our pocket yes. and can use them again and again and again under the right circumstances, especially if we're putting ourselves in front of different audiences. I even will rehash the same stories about my son or about something mm -hmm. with my dog or something I saw on TV or whatever. And I might even twist it to apply a slightly different take and a different lesson. Yes. So there's always ways to do this. But the point is that you want to get into a habit of realizing that things that are happening to you, an encounter you have with somebody in the grocery store, who knows what, some, some stupid thing you do that's funny in retrospect you can turn those into business fables, business parables, but it only works if you've discovered what's the point? Why am I doing this? What is it that I'm trying to communicate to my audience? Otherwise it's just so a meaningless anecdote and you're just, you know, your drunk uncle spouting off old stories that have no, no relevance. So your reason for telling stories is to make a sale. But you also have to be respectful of the other person listening. They have to get caught up with you. They're not ready to buy yet. So they're just listening, wondering if you're babbling, wondering if, if there's going to be a payoff here for them. So what about those audiences that, you know, you're in business and you say, hey, look, I have a serious, mature audience, Tom. They don't want to hear these stories. What do you do with yeah. the, the skeptic in the room that says, no, I'm going to just cut to the chase, make some money and go home. Yeah, well, I, I run into a lot of people who, if, if I'm understanding your question correctly, people who are um, worried that they're going to come off as unserious or yes. unprofessional if yes. they're being entertaining. And mm -hmm. my answer to that is, you know, in all due respect, lighten up a little bit, because <laughs> here's what happens, you know, um, example i have a i have a financial planner and i have a, a lawyer and so on and so forth and in some of their marketing they're all very serious i am a professional person i am a lawyer and lawyers are not supposed to be funny and tell jokes and share stories but you get in the room with him and yeah you're doing serious business but he's a hoot and he's got a great personality and I think the thing that people have to realize is that one reason that we're doing this is we want to give people a sense of what it's like to work with us and what it's like to work with us <laughs> depends on our personality. And so put personality into your copy and people will be more inclined or into your presentation and stage show, people are going to be more inclined to connect with you and want to do business with you. They're going to know, like, and trust you. The, the professional bit, that's a veil. That's a costume that we put on to appear professional. Well, be so real. So do you tell stories about the product? Do you tell stories do I tell about stories you and the product? Do you tell that satisfied customer story? What, what stories do you tell to help get them to make the sale and you get the profit? Yeah, so there, it, I'll give you a great example of this, where um, I work with an executive coach who um, helps business owners, for lack of a better term, get off the hamster wheel. Okay. And before she hired me, 
she had written a blog post about delegation. One of the, uh, you know, tactically and strategically among the things she does, time management, delegation, uh, uh, all sorts of management and leadership skills and so forth. And she wrote the typical boring blah, blah, blah. Delegation is a very important leadership skill that we all must master. Here are five tips, so on and so forth. A robot could write that better and faster than she wrote it. And I came in and said, you know, let's discover what's the story here. And I began to ask her questions yeah. to your point. Tell me a tell me a client story about somebody you worked with uh, about delegation. And the story she told was incredible. It was about a guy who's a business owner who hadn't gone on vacation, owned, the, owned this company for 20 years and hadn't gone on a vacation longer than a long weekend in the entire time he owned the business. The reason he was horrified, terrified what would happen if he left. And the reason that was the case, he was right is he had never learned to delegate. Everything depended on him. Everything stopped if he left the room. And so he couldn't leave. She taught him how to delegate. And so the email and the blog post that we ended up writing had the subject line, how a stressed out owner let go and got away. Now think about, think about the, the simplicity of storytelling that I described yeah. before, before, stressed out, stuck, after, let go, get away. And the picture that went with the blog post was a guy on a hammock on a beach, which was literally what that guy did when he went on vacation. So just that subject line alone has people reading, that's a story, before to after. And the subject line alone has people saying, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of stressed out. Yeah, I, I kind of wish I could let go, uh, get away. Sure wish I could get away more. And they're leaning in and they're, and they're going to open the email and read the blog post because they're already thinking, how'd that stressed out owner let go and get away? And, and then she leads into what, what was the difference? How did this, she tells the story, 20 years without a vacation, finally went on vacation. Everything went well. When he returned, everything was awesome. How'd he do it? Delegation. Now everybody wants to read the tips. Whew, I want to delegate because I want to let go and get away. And then at the bottom, call me. Let's have a, let's have a consultation call. That is, yeah. No, no, I, sorry to cut you off, but we got a little bit of time, love. I'm going to go back to something you said way at the very, very beginning. Sure. The origin story doesn't matter. Now, if you have a company like Apple, if you have a company like, you know, something that's got that mark, that Disney F story. Yeah. Talk about the fact you should leverage that because that is part of the brand identity that they are buying into. Absolutely. And, and I want to clarify and note that it's not that the origin story doesn't matter. It's don't get hung up on starting with your origin story until you've discovered the prospect story. I mean, I tell that story about the holes in my soles and my throat being sore. That's part of my origin story, yeah. but it only is relevant. And I only choose to tell that story because it's relevant to people who don't want to be in that in that hustle, 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 uh, get rejected numbers game sales thing. 
I'm selling a different approach. And so that part of my story, my epiphany, is useful as part of my storytelling. Other parts of my story, less so. So find the prospect story, then leverage your origin story to be just one of many stories that you tell to make the primary point that you're trying to make. And I also uh, do do want to mention for those streaming along for this live tonight, we do drop in the chat. There's a bunch of information about Tom, how to connect with him. Stick around to the very end. We have one more thing to surprise you with at the end. Uh, Tom, when it comes to the idea of I have to be a comedian, I, <laughs> I hear this all the time. I'm not a storyteller. I can't tell a joke to save my life. I blow all the punchlines. So I, I can't do stories because I'm not funny. Yeah. What do you do with that? Well, I, I think that, First of all, these are things that you can learn. You can pay attention to what other people are doing. And it doesn't always have to be funny, ha, 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 here's a joke, here's a punchline. When I tell a story about my son catching 47 fish and me catching two, just sharing those details, there's it makes people smile. When that executive coach tells a story about the business owner who was stressed out and got away. That makes people smile. So it, you don't have to start by saying, all right, I need to master joke books. I need to read these things. But then again, these are crafts that you can hone and you can get better at that. Adding some humor, adding a little more personality to your stuff. It, it can be done, but it's not a pre a prerequisite to begin to be an effective storyteller i actually get that one all the time and yeah. i'm not a comedian now i i, I use sarcasm but yeah. i do blow the punchlines i i'm the horrible guy that i can't remember my own punchline so yeah. there, there, there's hope for other people tom there there really is um tom i know you do have a story power pack that you're yeah. going to give as a special you want to explain that while I drop that into the chat room for everyone? Absolutely. Today? Yeah. Recently released something we call the Story Power Profit Pack. It's 52 strategies, tips, and tactics to transform your content from ignored to adored. And it ordinarily sells for $103. But if you go to Storypower marketing.com story power marketing and i think rich is going to drop this in the chat storypowermarketing.com slash rock the stage and then use coupon code rock the stage you can get it for 50 percent off we're going to try it again either with a technical glitch here it comes at you one more time everybody so make sure you grab that and tom what's the best way to get in touch with you we dropped social media links in several times uh but what is the best easiest direct way to get in touch with you yeah, so email me directly and tell me that you heard me on this show, tom at storypowermarketing.com. All one word, no spaces, no dashes, tom at storypowermarketing.com. Go to our website, join the mailing list, free resources, and uh, also find me on LinkedIn. Tom, great to be with you again tonight. Thanks for being our guest here. And again, there's always more to learn. So reach out to Tom and follow up with him. Uh, through his marketing plan, through the business, and all the great work that he does. That's going to do it for our edition of How to Rock the Stage here tonight. We'll be back next week again at 7 o'clock. 